Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. I'm on a switch! Full Service Radio. Yo, yo, check, check. It's me again. Yo, for all the eavesdroppers, this podcast is a creative space where creators, movers, and shakers debate current topics and taste face-to-face. Only then can fresh ideas take shape, and you get to listen over the shoulder. I'm your host, Backpack Matt, a.k.a. Mr. Backpack, a.k.a. Mr. SBO, the silent partner himself, coming to you live from Full Service Radio Station here at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Shout out to uh, Alexia, our amazing engineer. Hello. And, and, and uh, showrunner, <laughs> somebody who keeps us in shape. I always appreciate you, so I have to say that. I don't know if you want to drop that full service radio drop real quick. Oh, I absolutely. Full service radio. Ooh. That should get me hype, bruh. Tingles. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah, so this, uh, so so BMO won't be able to make it into the, the studios today, but Tom Tom is on the way, so I'm just holding down the fort until they pull up. So let's go through some of the housekeeping items. We will start with the word of the day of the day of i gotta do day. hey i get support with this shit usually you know what i'm saying bmo help me out with that but you know i do the echo he do the main thing but i gotta do it today so thank you alexia for helping me out i can hold it down what is it <laughs> so the word of the day is diagnosophist let me see if i got that oh right. absolutely not <laughs> hold on let me put this shit off of a uh, airplane mode here we go diagnosophist so anyway it is a uh, person who is adept who is an adept conversationalist at a meal? So, I Diagnosophist. consider. Ooh, hey, Alexi is a real MVP I out here. I don't know why we haven't been doing this. I this don't know whole what's wrong. Right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's ill. So, uh, let's use it in a sentence. So, uh, a couple last week, I think, I had my end of the year holiday party for the company that I work for. And um, shout out to myself. I got to throw that in. I got a, your boy got a raise, you dig? And a, a title raise as well. So I'm out here. You feel me? Mr. 10%. Niggas call me 10% from now on. Mr. 10%. Huge. That's what yeah, You feel me? <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so uh, I, I consider myself quite the diagnosophist. I think I said that right when it comes to the, uh, the dinner parties and the meetings. Mm, that um, is really hard. I went with my friend to a party at the United Nations Foundation ooh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, this is not it. I am not a diagnosophist. Yeah, yeah. It takes some time. You know, honestly, you just got to realize that, you know, you might be awkward. I, I, well, I'll say for myself, I might be awkward, but there are so many out, other people out there that are just as awkward, if not more, who are in positions like I put myself in where I have to you know, socialize with people. So, you know, over time and over reps, reps, I've learned to navigate those situations. I've learned the small things, you know, the things that we're not always sure about when we go to these type of uh, social events where we're not sure who's going to be there. We got to engage. We might be introverted. We don't feel like it, but we got to pull up. The really thing, really the thing is to do enough due diligence to get conversations done and out the way as quickly as possible you know you want to greet all the important people in the room mm-hmm. who are important to you and you know you want to do just enough early on yeah. right so that mm-hmm. you can get those out the way get those quick wins that's yeah, yeah that's exactly what i was about to say like you know when you don't like i feel like if you don't come in and, and speak right away then the anxiety of it just overtakes right. and then yeah, you'll you just see, never do it you're gonna psych yourself out every time yeah. you know what mm-hmm. i mean like there's there's no way to trump that except to just go in 
get the get the 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 awkward stuff out of the way you know and then once you do that a weight has been lifted off of your shoulders. You know, you feel like you can move around a little bit more. And it's also great to, like, have rapport with people. But I know that's not always the case. People out here networking, and I respect that. So, um, diagnosticist. So, we'll see if Tom Tom. I know Tom Tom knows how to work a room. Let's see if he knows how to work a dinner table, too. I'm sure he does. And he still owes us a recap of what happened at Art Basel. Even though I can speak from my perspective, because I know that nigga was definitely facilitating out there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd rather you hear it from the facilitator himself. But for the sake of time, and since I want to burn through some of these house housekeeping items, let me get into my bag real quick. So I'm going to do my inner bag saying, okay, Alexia's on it more than anybody else on this show today. That's crazy. This is usual, honestly. All right, so 2020 is right around the corner, okay? So many people are focused on New Year's resolutions and hyping up moves they'll make next calendar year that may sound good on Twitter or that IG story post. I've been in the same boat, so I cannot judge. Using January as a step one for a series of wins you've planned out. I get it. But this upcoming year, I personally decided to switch shit up. I'm no longer focused on winning. That's right. I'm not focused on winning anymore. If I do what I'm supposed to do, that means putting in the due diligence, due care, putting in that elbow grease, sacrifice, calculated decisions, all the shit these people talk about. And hustle, most importantly, I'm sure I'll be fine when it comes to winning. But what about losing? I've lost plenty of times. I've missed out on promotions. I've missed out on girlfriends who've been great to me and girlfriends who've not been so great to me. I've borrowed money from people, family members. I've had women decide to date other men. I've been slept on, figuratively. I've been taken for a fool. But most importantly, I have to acknowledge that I let that happen. I'm not letting that shit happen in 2020. I'm not about racking up wins. I'm about eliminating losses now. Wins impact ego. Losses impact legacy. I'm investing in legacy now. However it may turn out. Say you're a gambler, okay? You make six bets. You bet the same amount on each one, but you win 50% of those bets and you lose 50% of those bets. If your wins versus losses is split down the middle, you break even. That's three wins. That's three losses. Now, this is critical. Most will say, if I can stretch out one more win next year, then I'll be good. If I could do this a little bit better, I'll be good. But if you take that same logic, removing one loss will result in the same. Sometimes we trip about what we're not doing enough of instead of focusing on getting rid of things that hold us back influences mindsets expenses they're all the same maybe the positive things you're doing would shine brighter if you remove the elements in the room which consistently cast shadows so for all the eavesdroppers out there i strongly suggest that in 2020 you shine brighter now that's what's in the bag for today uh i know we got a a few more minutes before tom tom pulls up um Alexia, chime in if you feel free, but I'm just going to jump into some topics that All right, are I'm ready to me. All yes. right. Takashi 69. Oh, yeah, what's happening? So I just found out today via DJ Academics yeah. that uh, Takashi 69 has been sentenced by the judge uh, with two years in prison. Now, okay. keep in mind, he mm-hmm. served 13 months already, so it's time served is 
is accounted into that number as well. Okay. So really, he only has to serve another 11 months before he's freed. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a lot of conversation regarding Takashi Six Nine over. I feel like over the past two years since he really started blowing up with his music and his social presence, and then. You know, him and the uh, what was it, Nine Trade Bloods getting indicted on all those federal charges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just been a, cr- a crazy soap opera, but also case study when it comes to real and realism in hip hop. But most people this past week thought that he was going to get off scot-free. Like, yeah, that's uh, what I had imagined. That's right. why I'm, I'm shocked right now. Right. All the attorneys, uh, the attorneys on both sides, the defense and uh, I believe uh, the uh, prosecutors, uh, suggested to the judge because of his, you know, involvement with snitching and and uh, being an informant who was uh, well detailed in his information. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to give him time served and he would walk off scotch free. Uh, however, that's not the case. Now, for all those racketeering and charges and, and robbery charges that all the other members of that gang got, they're serving 10, 20, 30 years, maybe Damn. life in prison. Mm-hmm. This kid only gets to serve uh, two years total. And uh, I don't you know, I'm, I know how I feel about that. Um, I'm not I don't think it's fair that I think it, I think a, a universal principle that we know is, is you reap what you sow. That's what we say as Americans, as this judicial system, as this incarceration system mm-hmm. says is that everything's fair and you get what you deserve and. You do the crime, you do the time, and, you know, I I think a lot of this shit is laughable. Although it is not new, it is just highly publicized within this framing that, you know, uh, for for one, the federal government and law enforcement will do whatever they can to get uh, numbers. They want to make sure. Yeah, they want to get wins under their belt. And I think it's extremely intelligent to use informants in the deals that you propose to them in terms of, like, erasing time from their particular sentences Mm. to cast it on other people but i really feel like this trial or this individual takashi 69 is really going to test out how real we are as hip-hop fans as Mm. street code and all of this shit that we talk about all the time on social media in terms of what's real and what's not because takashi's you know going to get free probably around october november and he still has a strong fan base, whether you like it or not. So if he gets out and nothing happens to him, and it's not my place to say and decide what should happen to him or not. Not our place. Not but, our place. But, but should, <laughs> I personally won't be supporting. But it's int- I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to see how the needle moves with mm-hmm. Takashi 69 moving forward. Because I feel like that's going to indicate what we truly feel as Americans, as black Americans, when it comes to this whole snitching thing, when it comes to this whole... Um, how you portray yourself in the media. I've known for a long time. I'm almost 30 years old. I don't yeah. believe in rappers anymore. I know all of, most of this shit is bullshit, you know? And, Certainly. Yeah. And if, I think, yes, ahead. I ascribe to that. Keep yeah. going, keep going. No, and I feel like most of this is bullshit. And if it's real, most of the time, those artists don't last that long, mm. whether we like it or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's artists that are gone way too soon. Your bankroll freshes, your doughboys, your... Your Nipsey hustles, mm. but you know I, I always wonder why some of these artists who've glorified gangster shit and 
you know, getting over on people have had these elongated careers. And, uh, you know, I've come to the conclusion that all of this is bullshit. But I wonder how many other people realize that all of this is bullshit. People are still not recognizing that this is just a simulation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is all a simulation. It's all bullshit. And I do think that Takashi 6ix9ine is going to come out in a year from now and be completely fine. With a whole new set of bloods. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I think everything's going to be fine for him. might not be in New York, you know what I mean? Yeah. but, uh, you know, it, but since things are becoming so fake, I just want to propose to the audience because I don't want to stay on this topic for too long. But how real are we going to keep it in 2020? I, I tweeted this the other day. I said, there's no such thing as a code. Everybody mm-hmm. says, yo, follow the code. You, he, he didn't follow the code. He didn't respect the code. What, the, what is the code? I'm not going to say the F word anymore. Shout out to BMO's mom. What, <laughs> what, what is the code in 2020? Because I, I personally don't believe that there is one. I believe people are only going to look out for self-interest. I've seen it personally. That is the code. That is the code. (laughs) The code is your code as an individual. That's the only thing that matters is your personal list of morals and values and how well you stick to them, right? Because everybody can talk this shit about morals and values and code. But at this point, I'm more interested in is how uh, closely you align with the things that you say. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that to finish this out, that the rest of you all uh, will not only uh, revisit what an actual code is, what your code is, but accountability is what I'm also aiming for for 2020. That's huge. Yeah. Matt, can I ask you a question? Sure. So um, according to the, the planets and the stars, 2019 was a time for a lot of people to kind of reclaim their values and mm. not just reclaim it, but act it out. Yeah. And that means that you may not um, have the same people around you that you expected to or have the same levels of respect that you want. Facts, took yeah. a big hit to your ego. So I want to know if you had any experiences like that this 100%. year. 100%. That's why my in the back segment, I just felt like I needed to get that off because mm-hmm. I might talk about articles about tech or hip hop and all these things, but rarely do I get to talk about me. I've taken a lot of L's this year. I've, I've won a lot too, but you know, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of... Uh, introspection that's been going on recently for me in terms of cleaning house not necessarily cleaning house getting rid of everything but reorganization Mm -hmm. really assessing my relationships how healthy they are how mutual they are is a big thing for me like mutual benefit you know i've always been about mutual benefit situations and my my guy tom tom is in the building shout out to tom tom Yo, you know what I'm saying? Slide, Two-thirds. Sliding, yeah, you know, yeah, almost nah, African time. No, nah, it's all good. I got all the uh, the housekeeping stuff out the way, so now we just talking rap and talking jazz. But um, there's going to be a big change in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing for me is not necessarily the year, but I get that, though. You're talking about the stars and zodiacs and all that. <laughs> I'm still learning, but I, I got respect for it. I'm but, still learning, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But, but the big thing for me is just, like, how valuable is my time? Super. Yes. More valuable than money, more mm-hmm. valuable than anything else. My parents are getting older. You know what I'm saying? Sure, I'm thinking yeah. about that a lot more in terms of, you know, my grandparents are getting older. I'm valuing the time that I spend with them and the, and the mm-hmm. energy I gain from them. Relationships has been a big thing on my mind, not just romantic, but mm-hmm. platonic, just friendships as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to self-reflect first and assess how much am I giving in those relationships. But I'm also wondering how much am I getting back? And in which ways am I getting back? That's a dangerous question for yeah. everybody else around yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yeah. I, f- I feel like that's necessary for growth. You got to mm-hmm. get rid of the, the junk. And I mean that with all the love and respect in the world. But, you know, at a certain point, 
you you know, I've been operating, I feel like, in certain ways, selfless. Not all the time. I'm a pretty selfish individual, but when it comes to certain relationships, especially in the creative space, I'm very selfless. I feel like I pay it forward. Mm-hmm. But over time, and I've learned this lesson a long time ago, although you pay it forward, don't mean you're going to get it back in return. Hmm. Well. Right. But, and I've known that for a couple years, but I was like, all right, cool. But if I, you know, if I pave my way through these opportunities that I get into, whether I'm collaborating on a video or I'm collaborating behind the scenes or getting something done, I might not get the praise. I might not get to just do money, but I've often convinced myself that, you know, something valuable will come out of this for me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is another thing that I can add to my portfolio or this relationship is stronger. Or if I can depend on this person or if I've done this for free or for the low for this person, maybe later on this person will repay me back. And that, and that's, I don't come from a place of being upset or angry at anyone, but I just gotta be real. Like, I'm not doing that shit no more. I've had that self-evaluation in the past couple of years myself. Talk about it. I mean, like like you say, a lot of times you you uh, you train yourself that you may not be as big as you feel you should be. Yeah. And then convince yourself that like I need to put in a certain amount of work mm-hmm. to uh, get to that higher level, so to speak, and then. Once you put in a certain amount of energy to a, towards a certain project, and whether it goes well or doesn't go well, sometimes it could go well. You could still be like, "And eh, let me cut my L's here. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I was, just to interject, just to fill you in, I did my In the Back segment on, in 2020, I'm no longer going for, let me get more wins. And instead, I'm going to approach it like, let me eliminate as many losses as I can. Right, okay. I like so, that. So this is kind of talking to what you're saying, so just to weave that in. Right, right, right. perspective. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I would say probably at the top of the year slash the end of last year, I was thinking about those type, uh, thinking those type of thoughts. And like you said, it for me, I guess the better metaphor that I can use in this scenario is that I'm a very nice person. Both of us are very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I equate how I should treat people into like me holding my hand out and let's say like um not imaginary but like a prize is in the hand yeah i forget what the word is but there's a prize in my hand right yeah. and how you take that prize out of my hand determines how i'll treat you yeah that's my character evaluation right yeah all right so you put in some risk in there right risk so is I a ha- big thing yeah so, so like- i have the hand out do you snatch from the hand right or do you take from the hand and put back in it right and I'm not necessarily always looking for you to put it back immediately. Right. But are you even grateful for my help? Right. Are you even... Appreciation. Appreciation. And appreciation isn't always monetary. No, not at all. So, and my phone is going It's off. all good. But, um, yeah, so, like, I, I, I had that I had that thought process I was thinking of over the course of the year. And then, you know, at a certain point, you know, me and Reef became, you know... Uh, we started uh, investing in self. The thing that we were doing for ourselves, we invested the most in. Bingo. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like over the course of the year, I've seen different benefits from that. And then, you know, some of the other relationships I've fostered over the year, like I've seen benefit from it. Mm-hmm. It's not always. It's mutual benefit. There's mutual benefit. for it as well. But it's nice to get something in return. Right. And then, you know, especially early on in a relationship, if somebody out the gate is giving you return, that's a huge positive sign. Right. And so many times we don't get that. Exactly. So 
Yeah, it's very interesting that you say that because, like, you know, in this creative uh, endeavor, so to speak, we don't take our self-care as serious. Mm. Like, I'm literally watching the other day um, a talk with um, Smino and Joe Freshgoods, mm. and they were interviewed by Everett Taylor, okay. who could be your voice double. Really? Uh, I'm dead, <laughs> dead ass serious. Like, if Shout I close... If I close my eyes, I really thought Matt was talking. Where, where? Shout out to Everett. I don't know him personally, but shout out my boy Kelsey, who you met okay. in Miami, who's Kelsey. real close. Oh, yeah. Kelsey, Kelsey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I know uh, Kelsey's like the, folk, the folks that I helped uh, sneak into the Freddie yeah, Gibbs concert. We're going to talk about that too. We uh, might as well talk about it now because um, I rapped about it last week in terms of my experience. Okay, but I said I didn't want to speak for you in terms of your experience, Art Basil. I All talked right. about how I was able to get a lot of connections. I was moving around, but I was in a different circumstance than you were. Right. I came with a different group of friends. I came when I could to film and just show love with the homies. Right. But you were in the thick of things in an actual event, Art Basel event um, in Wynwood. Right. You know, sponsored by PBR. Shout out to Chris Pirate, Trap Bob, Parrish. The whole, the whole family. Elise, the whole family. Wavy. You know what I'm saying? The list goes on. JT. Um, yeah, JT killed it. Some, of the, some of the shots that he got um, Matt, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike. I was thinking Mike or Chris. So shout out to Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the team did his thing. The, yeah. they, they showed out and did their thing. Um, from the top to the bottom, from Chris, uh, he was even kill most mm-hmm. of it. Like he was getting compliments from other, from like the guys who owned Super Chief. Nice, nice. Um, and then, you know, Trap Bob, you know, coming to help in the fourth quarter like she did. Um, and like I said, just the nucleus of our team, every time we were presented with an issue, we were coming up with a solution ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who own some of these venues can easily easily say that not everybody was solution-based. Like, so not everybody It wasn't was... just, yo, there's a hole in the wall. Fix it for me. It was, right. okay, we can probably cover it up this way. Right. Oh, maybe you should just get us some lights. You see what I'm saying? It was yeah. that that sort of... Um, Go getter, pivot thinking, yeah. On the right. fly, adapt, adapt or die, adapt, adapt or die. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, so that sort of uh, uh, pivot, pivoted the thought process that like helped us a lot. Um, and then I don't know, like I, ha- I have these like uh, every every time that I talk, I almost feel like I talk in metaphors. I mean, but that's so, your style. It works for people. So um, niggas I, like rappers. I, I kind of. Came to an understanding with how Miami moves, right? Talk about it. I can, I can, I can speak to that a little bit from my perspective too. Go first, right? So, I did, I'm gonna break it down like this. So, New York, right? Mm-hmm. New York moves at a fast pace. Very facts. If, if you don't move at that pace, you'll get violently left behind. Yeah. yeah. So you don't catch. You're the bus. out the game. It's not even, you, you don't catch the, the bus. You're out the game. You're out the game. Um, you don't catch your Uber. You're done. Yeah. Um, so every and, and you know it's the hustle and bustle of the city. If you don't show out, like you won't get seen. Facts. I was up in New York recently. Look, if you don't come downstairs to get in your Uber within like sixty seconds, the niggas is gone. On gone to the next. That's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just like indicative of what you're saying. But yeah, New and York then, is like that. So what else? And then Miami, like it's a city, so they move at a city's pace. Yeah, but it's it's a laid back atmosphere. So mm-hmm. it's like they kind of. Whether they get there, they don't get there, they're just kind of cool with it. Yeah. I mean... But but it's still moving at a city's pace. So they're still kind of moving faster. Still a major city. Still a major market. Still a major city. Still hustlers still a, out there trying th- to get it. And Oh, okay. No, no. So it's not they care. They, they care. They don't care. Everybody's hustling. Mm-hmm. So beware that you don't get hustled. Out hustled. Yeah. 
And I, I would say that one difference just from New York and Miami is when I'm up in New York, um, or I'll say DC and Miami, because I got a love for like a lot of love for like Brooklyn and certain spots that, that who have some similarities that I see to Miami. But DC, you see paint on the wall, you see a work is usually deemed as graffiti. Right. It's usually not sanctioned by the city or by the community. Right. There are some exceptions, of course. Right. But 90% of the, sh- the art that you see on walls is not sanctioned. Right. In Miami, that shit is sanctioned everywhere. Everywhere. Apartments, schools, beauty supply stores, gas stations, everywhere. Right. Not just uh, Wynwood, Little Haiti. You go to South Beach, you can go downtown, art everywhere. And every see, corner, and every see, block. The, the other part of that is like, just pay attention to the buildings, like the corner store or whatever. It's colored. Everything yeah. is has color yeah. to it. A house, you know, that Reef grew up in or, you know, our, our friends that are down there, like, you walk up to the house and it's yellow. It's yeah. pink. It's blue. Yeah. We don't have that here. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so. We get four seasons, so that could be a factor. I have to say that. Okay. And then that's what's going to bring me yeah. to D.C. So, D.C., it's like we drift to our destination mm-hmm. because, you know, we're we're we're. we're in a major city, but a smaller market. Facts. So it's like I can just kind of move at my own pace. Right. But honestly, like we will get left behind by New York or Miami easily. But and just the pure d- density of the network that you can come across, and the people that you can meet, and the numbers that you can meet in New York or Miami or LA compared to a DC. Exactly. Yeah. So like for me, what I've observed with my you know adjacentness to to Chris and just in general, like. The people who are moving this city don't move at DC's pace, period. No, no. Damo doesn't move at DC's pace. Chris doesn't move at DC's pace. Trap doesn't move at DC's pace. They do what they want, low key. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And until a lot of a lot more of us start to move at that sort of pace, then you you reap those sort of benefits. Yeah, it's it's a lot more. I mean, you boxing yourself in if you're just basing it off of this region. Right. We've known for decades what this region in terms of the psychology of consumers, supporters, peers. It's not always. It's rarely positive. Right. It's and and positive. and in DC, like sometimes I feel like we're satisfied winning within these four walls, and it's like That's there's more. There's right. more. There's more to everything. There's more to life than just this area. Right. But because we've seen or the perception is, yo, if you make it to the top in D.C., you're going to make it somewhere. Right. Your Wale's, your Shot Glizzy's, your Gold Links. You know what I mean? Because we mostly paint towards artists. We don't paint towards the Dave Chappelle's as much or the Martin Lawrence's or the right. Maya's, you know, or, you know, the Fortune 500 CEOs. You know, we look more so towards the rappers. But, you know, that's where the crabs in the barrel concept comes from, even though it's not the case. There's no barrel. Right. There's no barrel. There is no it's barrel. It's the barrel that you build for yourself. Right. And for me, it's like in, in this area, you either grow up with a, a chip on your shoulder and you grow up looking over your shoulder. Mm. And a lot of that mentality. Over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. Mm. Over, or over the shoulder. Yo. But um, a lot of Triple that. Triple entendre. Don't even ask me how. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, a lot of that mentality goes into how we interact with each other. Very true. So since I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm looking at you and being like, you're my enemy. Right. When we really should probably be teammates. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's Message. not competition. And like even in our, with Trezor, with our thrifting game, like there's a lot of other thrifters out there, but mm. we don't look at the same clothes with the same eye. Right. So Every what, eye is different. What Every you throw away, I may collect. Facts. And, and vice versa. And it's like we have to start thinking like that more in the rest of the city. Right. Collaboration. I mean, 
your team, Chris Pyrus' team, which is all the same, right? Right. What I respect about you most that I don't see elsewhere is collective bargaining. Right. Y'all pull up with your peoples. Right. Y'all execute as a team with your peoples. Um, y'all turn up with y'all peoples. Y'all tag each other. Y'all show appreciation to one another. And as long as y'all have a model like that, there's no bounds to what y'all can do. Right. And that's the Appreciate antithesis that. of what we usually see when it comes to collectives in D.C. And I'm not aiming at anybody in particular, but why haven't many of them done trips to Miami as a collective? You know, trips to New York, trips elsewhere that I know that y'all are going to do next year. Right. And, and Egos and shit. A, a lot of this year for, like, I guess, so that our reflection earlier was about kind of like, like a little bit of the past for me, of the present for you. Mm-hmm. But now moving into the future, it's like, okay, we handle things how we handle them in 2019. Mm-hmm. Now it's about planning and, plan- and the seeds that we planted and moving how we move. Now it's time to put them in a row. Mm-hmm. Organization. Yeah. And, and Getting rid of losses, getting rid of risk. Exactly. It's the same shit. So... Yeah, I feel I'm I'm excited for what the I'm excited for what the next two weeks is gonna bring because you know the carryout and some of the other holiday season. Uh, some of the other some holiday season. Oh, the carryout. Ah. The, the holiday season is gonna bring uh, its own traffic to Trezo. Oh yeah. So like I'm 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 definitely excited about the end of the year and then excited for what next year is gonna bring because I may have a few surprises up my sleeve, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, as a facilitator, facilitating, right? I told, exactly. him, I told him you were facilitating a lot down there, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> almost drove myself crazy, but that's a, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> nah, we'll talk about that some other time. But speaking of, you, met, you mentioned Trezzo Beach a few times. You mentioned thrifting a few times. I know you've seen this article. Uh, you might have just seen the headline. But Virgil Abloh. Who? Abloh. Virgil. Off-white. All right. Yeah. I was mentioned. saying, ooh, not. Nah. Oh. oh, I thought you said, who? <laughs> My fault. I was like, all right, focus. My niggas got the the horse blinders on. Hey, you got to sometimes. <laughs> so the the tagline or the quote is that uh, Virgil believes that streetwear is going to die next year. And if you read the article and kind of what he was quoted as saying, the main thing he the reason why he feels like streetwear is going to die in 2020 is because of vintage and re- vintage retail shops, reseller shops, and the just decades and decades of vintage gear and the fact that everything is so cyclical in fashion all the fly kids kind of talked about this at the end of their episode shout out geronimo and shout out the whole team. they had their last episode today so shout out to what them. yeah it's crazy the last episode last episode but virgil is saying that streetwear is going to die in favor of people leaning more towards vintage shops i mean that works well for me i'm sure it i does. don't know i don't necessarily know if i agree with the whole the whole assessment yeah um, because like, just from a marketing standpoint and just how p- folks execute, I feel like there will always be ideas that are untapped. One hundred percent. Um, you know, someone, someone who's a streetwear purist might be like, "What is Chinatown Market?" Right. <laughs> but at the same time, what he does and how he does it, only he can do. What the? But what is a streetwear? purest though like because because i asked because i believe fashion i've never been a big guy on the dior's the gucci's the ysl's the fendi's the high-end shit the lvmh house type stuff (laughs) right you know because i feel like fashion is derived from art which is derived from self-expression before it's high-end it is regional it is generational right so it depends on where we at and what generation you sit in so i believe based on what virgil is saying 
he might be right to a degree streetwear might die for a lot of older niggas millennials are getting older right half of the more more unique clothes yeah yeah you know what i'm saying um more vintage or more just like thrifting you know some of those things but we're kind of counting out a whole new generation batch of upcoming creative individuals who have their own plans and their own blueprint right so that's kind of just like sleeping on them you know and that and, and that's what i'm saying me for myself, I can't sleep. I, d- I don't sleep on young folks. I've never no, slept on them. No, no. And, and listen to our episode with Avery, who's also part of the team. Shout out, shout out, Avery. Shout out, big Avery. It was a great intergenerational sort of because I feel like he's just just missed the cut from being millennial. But his insights and his hustle and the conversation that we had, we got a lot of great feedback on that. So check that one out. But yeah, yeah I, I don't, it, it still blows my mind that Avery was born in two thousand. Like that. That's that's mind yeah. Blown. That's crazy. <laughs> my, well, my brother's born ninety nine, so like, yeah, I, I put them in the same boat. But those I like, are the next I like stuff, was man. literally about to be in high school, or was yeah. in high school, <laughs> or about to graduate. So yeah. I'm um, ten years older than the bull, so yeah, uh, it's sizable enough. Where it's like we come from two totally different. I mean, to, to answer to answer point. your initial question, when you said, uh, "What is a streetwear purist?" Um, okay, so call me Jaden. Like me, my team, a lot of folks around me came in the game off sneakers. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the brands that were adjacent to the sneaker game, like the Hundreds yeah. and uh, Stussy, and uh, Stussy, Huff, and uh, Obey, and, and all uh, these things that people want to pair with their sneakers, um, there was a certain level of creativity to it. There was a certain, well, it didn't feel gimmicky. And I feel like sometimes the brands that get famous, they feel a little gimmicky. Right. That's, that's where I place the Chinatown market Some, sometimes. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar too much with Chinatown but, um, market as a brand. I mean, one so of, I'm not, I'm not for me, I've, I've never really been like a I love a whole collection from somebody type of person. Right. So, like, for example, I am, I'm sitting here slightly talking down about Chinatown market, but I love the Yeezy alumni hoodie that I've seen from them. Mm, yeah. Like that's a dope. Yeah. That's a dope. Concept. When it comes together, you can fuck with it. Yeah. When it comes together, you can fuck with it. I'm sorry, Bemo's mom. We said we was gonna try not to use the f word as much, but uh, oh, Bemo's sorry, not here. So so, she's sorry, not mom. Bemo to the episode, so it's cool. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, sorry to my parents too. <laughs> but, mom, what up? What up? Uh, anyway, go ahead. But yeah, so like for me, like I said, the streetwear purist in my eyes lies in uh, how you create and what you create with your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is limited to clothes. Sometimes it's not limited to clothes. Sometimes yeah. you start with the clothes and then go into other places. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, somebody, it could be somebody like Chris where you start with the painting and come into the clothes. Yeah. I um, came in from skateboarding. I wasn't the best skateboarder, but when I would go visit my cousins up in Olney, that's all they did. So, you know, yeah, I, I definitely was part of that school too. Trucks, the CCM magazines. Facts. S, mix, the mixtapes, bro. Yo, the snowboard mixtapes. Uh, Six eight six jackets. Yeah, like Burton. even Birdhouse, Burton boards, chocolate. Like, yeah. Well, which is Vans? I was Vans. rocking Vans in Forestville in like, I want to say oh three. I got clown for it. And pro- yeah, I was about to say, probably got ridiculed. <laughs> got now, ridiculed. I was hooping. Now, now they're the on the court. Staple almost. Facts, yeah, I was. I was ahead of my time, but that's because you know. But everybody has a different entry point into the game. Everybody so like, definitely does. Right. So it could be from all. A purely art perspective on merch. It could be from a sneaker perspective. It could come from the act like skateboarding and so many different entries into it. So it's just like purist. I'm not negating that that isn't the case, but it's so many different variations of purists because they all got their different 
ways that they entered into the game. So exactly, yeah, exactly. You can't just. So I almost yeah. we we deviated a little bit talking about streetwear, but let's go back to Miami again. Let's, let's go, go. Let's go. So for me, what 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 I've the realization that I came to the first Art Basel that I went to, and con- continued and is consistent with this Art Basel is. Anytime I can go get out of the winter and go into the summer, seventy degrees. I have to do it. You have to do it. I mean, I had sweatshirts the whole time I was down there, but I had a great time. Bro. Exactly, and it's like I want to. Uh, I mean, not even I want to. The last year, I mean, the last two weeks, I was in Orlando for a period, and then came back to DC and went back to Miami. Yeah. So technically, I was in Florida for like literally the first two weeks of December. Nice. And I enjoyed the hell out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I had a great time. It brought me back to life. It helped me clear out a lot of things for myself, you know? I, I thought it was a great experience. I went to um, the Hour Basel party that happened, I think. Um, Mad I missed it. Saturday night. It was a great time. I mean, there was endless Patron and pineapple juice drinks. What? Uh, yo, I was randomly, like, seeing <laughs> Hannibal Burst was just out there just walking around. Yeah, you told me. I casually just thing. chilling <laughs> with the folk. I wasn't going to say anything. I did uh, dap up. Um, Chuck English from the Cool Kids, which was dope. That's tight. I dapped him up because he did a little DJ set. Shout out Vic Mensa. He did a performance. Like, niggas was was, was sauced Vic by Minta. then. So, uh, what? you know, it was good to see you on stage. I don't remember anything you said, but shout out to you being there. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the last hour battle that they're having. And I'm just like, one thing I noticed was, I'm from this area. You from this area. Like, the people who I personally saw moving the most, making the most connections, from a biased perspective, seem to be east coasters every every um installation or gallery that i went to when kelsey sam and i shout out sam went to speak to different artists or gallery owners whether they be from kentucky new york louisiana they all seem to love the energy so as dmv creatives don't take your shit for granted yeah this might not be the best place for it in order for you to get the recognition and appreciation but the hustle still counts the same. And travel. Travel. Yeah, get out there. Get out there. Facilitate. You know what I mean? Facilitate. Partner. You know? So, sometimes it's about reverse engineering. Like Talk about go, it. Go to other places, get recognized there, and then D.C. will recognize you. That's, that's, yeah, that's the formula, right? Some people say you got to make it outside of D.C., right, in order to finally get, you know, get the recognition that you deserve. You know what right. I mean? This, this city is not built for creatives. It never was. It was built exclusively for government. Right. D.C. itself was, was established for government, for voting decisions, for Senate, for Congress. This was not ever intention to be built with creatives first. And even the things you wouldn't think are, have, have politics within it do. Yeah. Like the artists. Like the artists, man. It always seeps in. You know, we always got, we got a family member who worked for the government. You know, we, it's just a does. feeling. It's not even a government. It's just a vibe that you get. Your girl people. might work for the Your government. Your girl worked. I sell to the government, so I can't even complain. But um, we got like seven minutes left. Uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about? You didn't even talk about what you did down there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I could get into that, too. I got my shit off last episode, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, this is, this is Tom Tom's Basil episode. Yeah. Um, so... Me, Chris, Mike, Avery, JT, Reef, Wavy, Still Wavy, Elise, Elise, we all went down to Art Basel to do an installation for and with PBR, right? Mm-hmm. PBR being Paps Blue Ribbon. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, Chris works for um, PBR as a 
Well, we'll call him uh, a creative marketing guru. Okay. I, consultant. I don't, consultant. <laughs> I don't know what the Affiliate. proper term is, so I'm going to just give it my own. Yeah, he's affiliated. He's affiliated. So um, <clears throat> with PBR, we, got, we, we went down there and worked on installation with them. And we uh, worked on our Imaginarium concept. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a kiddie playhouse for adults. Yeah, it was dope. Um, Y'all had like a, had, a swing. The right? swing in there. Hanging from the, the roof. Hanging from the actual like roof. like 30, 40 feet high. Yeah, that cool. shit was crazy. Yeah. I don't, even, I, I don't even recall paying attention to how we even got that there. <laughs> and then we had the coloring book that was part of book. the wall. Shout out Wavy. It seemed like he built that shit from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he, pretty, he had other help, but like just he, seeing he him, he pretty much Mike, did. A lot. Yeah. And shout out to him because, like, you yeah. know, sometimes conceptually, I just be listening. I'm like, I don't know how that's about to come together. Right, yeah, but I'm gonna watch it though. Nah, yeah, he, he's he's a savant, man. Shout out Wavy. I know you listen to the show too, man. Shout out to you. Shout out to the fam. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we had the coloring book. Um. We had like a little PBR can that. Um. I don't know. I guess you could say it was melting. It was like a little sculpture thing. Okay. Um, and oh, then we yeah, had, okay, yeah. and then we had the the lemonade stand slash bar mm-hmm. created by um, Trap Bob. Yeah, with the DJ was spinning there, and uh, the DJ was spinning night. there. That that was that was dope. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> yeah. So we did that installation. We were part of the Super Chief Gallery. Like Super Chief, pretty much bought out the block. Right. There which, had a few spots because um, um, X Large Atomic. Was I was at that that joint with Super Chief, which has a consulting. They're not even a consulting. They're just like they're the facilitators. They're facilitators. Middlemen for real. Middle right. people for real. Like really the, facilitating. The, the, that's the, the, in certain ways, that's that's where Tom aspires to be. Yeah, I was I was chopping it up with them at the atomic joint before I walked around the corner right, to get right. to the to Chris joint. And my man who was helping y'all out was also kind of two timing over here because he was part of Super Chief. You're talking about Andrew. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to say his, his name wrong, hey, but mean, just to pick his so brain many, for There were so many Andrews that don't, it don't even matter if right. name Facts. But yo, <sighs> it's so many people like us out there making moves that are just behind the radar that you just wouldn't realize it unless you actually left out the city because the ones who hold those positions in the city usually aren't really giving out game like that. And, the exception and, and of us for and me, a few others. Like, like, my whole thing is I don't understand why not. And, and like... If I if I have a resource, I literally said this in a dinner the other day. If I have a resource, and it will serve you better, what the hell is the point of me holding on to it? Exactly. So if I understand your fair ground brand, and I know that this aspect could help, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I give you that information? Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't I hand you the resource? Right. That's the truth. That that's that's how I think. Paying it forward it goes back to what we were talking about when we first started. I mean, we were the type of people who pay it forward. Right. And with a decent amount of risk that we put out, we're not going to give you everything, but we're right. going to give an opportunity to say, hey, I'm coming in with value first. Right. I'm not one of these niggas who's going to ask for shit from me. Right. Coming in with something that I can bring I don't, to you. I don't give you false promises. Right. Now, what you do with that is up to you. You know, I'm hoping that you err on the side of mutual benefit, bringing something back to me, appreciation, all those things. But if not, most of the time, ain't, ain't just really charge the that end shit of the to world. the game, man. Right. It's not charge the it to the game. That's real. So we're, we're pretty much out of time. I'm glad that we did a nice tight 45. We got about two minutes left. So do you want to do tools of the trade or at least start off with your social media and like any um, upcoming yeah, let, events? Let's hit the usual the tools of the trade. Um, yeah, shout out to the team. As I've been saying, that's a, that's a consistent theme for today. So gratefulness is, is part of that. Um, yeah, so my social is Thomas the Great on IG. Tommy Pickles, um, P-I-C-K-L-Z underscore in the middle on twitter um my tool of the trade 
my tool of the trade. Let me let that one marinate for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go in the meantime. So yeah, you do. That. You can follow me on Twitter at Backpack Matt. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Mister Backpack M I S T E R Backpack. Uh, I've changed the fairground IG to at SBO dot art. You know, so we're putting that out what? there as as a social uh, fairground instead of LLC. So all business and checks will be conducted accordingly. But you know, it's easier to consolidate brands and kind of be a little bit more calculated with that. True. So at SBO.art, we got some dope shit coming up. In fact, I'm going to be shooting a couple shoots tonight, shooting a mu- couple music videos this weekend with Not Alone. Shout out to Not Alone. Not Alone. Yeah, shout out, shout out Nomad, Data, and Mark. Um, they got to come through Trezo again. Yeah, yeah, they do. We, we got some work to do. Yeah, absolutely. we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the next couple of weeks. You're going to wrap, though. I told you. Yeah, it's going to happen, man. But yeah, shout out to... Tom Tom for coming to the show. You know what I mean? Being, I know for the past three episodes, this episode is me and Tom Tom. Last episode is BMO and I. And then the episode before that, which will drop, was just Matt. So I know you all haven't seen all three of us together at the same time with the guests. But I feel like this is movement back in the right direction. And once the new year kicks off, it's going to be iller and doper. We're going to change it up some We might segments. have some surprise guests We're going to have some surprise guests. We're going to have some cleaned up things. Beast resolved. All types of shit happening over the shoulder. You know it. You know what I mean? So uh, you have a so okay my uh, tool of the trade, I would probably say right now is uh, this TurboTax app, man, because I'm starting to realize how much money I spent on business expenses, and I'm trying Thanks. to get that money back come April. You dig? Yeah, you know it. Get get you know take photos of those receipts, folks. If y'all really entrepreneurs on your own with LLCs, take photos of every receipt that you do when it comes to uh, actions associated with business. Because uh, you can get some money back for that. You hear me? So, yeah, that's my tool of the trade. So, you have one off the top yet? Or um, just want to hmm. leave it as is? Or just facilitating this tool of the trade? Miami travel? What you want to do with it, bro? I think my tool of the trade, as per usual, is transparency. Mm. Just because, you know, sometimes that's the best tool you can have to be straight up straight up with people. Mm-hmm. That, that, that So, you know, in the past few weeks, that's helped me out a lot. And... I'm keep I'm gonna scream, keep screaming out that one till people really get it. Real recognize real. So yeah, so all for all you eavesdroppers, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Over the Shoulder. Shout out Tom Tom, shout out BMO, shout out Alexia for being the real MVP. Full service radio. MVP, shout out Full Service Radio, shout out Jack, shout out the whole family. I don't know if we're recording next week, but if not, you'll hear our voices in 2020. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Peace, 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 peace. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.